It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M, and today, We got some breaking news coming in about a former Aggie at the NFL level. How will this affect his stock and what else does he have left in the tank moving forward? More importantly, at the Aggie level, there's a report that there could be a freshman that will make headlines by the end of this college football season, especially in the SEC. According to ESPN, we'll be breaking down who that is. And as always, we are back to start talking about the top 25 Aggies to watch for in the 2020 season as we prepare for Aggie kickoff against Vanderbilt on September 26th. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a protein bar meets a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON to save $10 off your first purchase. And while supplies last, get a free cooler in the process. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code Locked on. As always, before we begin, make sure you're following us every single day. Every single day, we are back here on the Locked On Podcast Network five days a week to get you ready for Aggie football season. And the best way to do that is show our support on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this show a more quality-sounding podcast, I am more than willing to take into your consideration. Go subscribe on iTunes and listen on Spotify. Subscribe on either. And secondly, Follow us at Locked On Aggies. Locked On Aggies is your number one source for all things Texas A&M related content found here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So if you haven't been keeping up with the NFL, guess what? There is some big news coming out about the SEC. If you ever thought that the SEC doesn't just mean more, it truly does because of all active rosters following roster cuts this past weekend as teams prepare for their week one matchups. The SEC makes up 21% of all rosters. That's a fifth of the league comes from one conference, 14 teams. Alabama leads the way with 57. LSU comes in second at 42. Florida comes in third at 38. Georgia comes in fourth at 33. And A&M tweaks out both Auburn and South Carolina coming in at 29. Unfortunately, they also will now be at 28 because of breaking news that came in earlier today about Broncos outside linebacker and former Aggie Von Miller's injury. For those of you who aren't keeping up to date, make sure you follow Locked On Broncos for more information about who could be the top replacement for Miller. But unfortunately, things are looking south. According to a report set in last night by both Ian Rappaport of NFL Network and ESPN's Adam Schefter, there was a play where it was very into practice Miller went down holding his leg, more so his ankle. He got an MRI and it will require surgery. He will be out three to five months, thus putting him out indefinitely. That doesn't mean he will not return this season, but overall, it definitely is a big damper for one of the surprise teams of the 2020 offseason that a lot of people were excited to see, especially when you look at how that team is run SEC style. Miller's one. You have Drew Locke from Missouri. They had a great draft with SEC alums. Lloyd Cushenberry out of LSU. Jerry Judy out of Alabama. Kareem Jackson came from Alabama. So it's a very crushing blow for this Denver team. I spoke to a couple of guys who I'm friends with up in Denver about the injury and how this will impact the team. And more importantly, everyone said about the same thing. Von Miller was in a league of his own going into this season. 
It wasn't just because of opt-outs. And of course, Jawan James, the offensive tackle from Tennessee, decided to opt out this upcoming season. But it was just his ability to wreak havoc in a backfield for a 32-year-old defensive end hybrid outside linebacker in this phase, an edge defender. He was ready to be in the prime season. A season where a lot of people, after last year, he finished with 8.5 sacks. They said, okay, you know what? Maybe things are going to happen. Maybe things aren't. Instead, he was going to come out and make it shine. And now, he's out at least three months. It will require surgery. He's placed on the IR out indefinitely. And there's really not a big replacement there for him. Now, of course, Big Fangio, the head coach of the Denver Broncos, said that there's a chance that he could return. It's too early to say, but he's definitely out for a while. And he just doesn't know yet he'll be on the IR at some point during the year. Now, again, there are a couple of doctors that they want to give an opinion to. They said they went to four or five before officially going under surgery. But um, Fangio later said that the team still has to prepare for the opening night matchup against the Tennessee Titans. It's a whole team that has to fill the void. It's not just the player that ends up playing for him. It's not just the defense. It's not the offense. It's not the special teams. It's everybody. Now, this is a big blow for Denver, of course, also because last year they missed out on North Carolina State alum and outside linebacker Bradley Chubb, who only played four games before suffering an ACL injury and missing the year. The Broncos finished 7-9 in the process. They were, you know, at, uh, they finished in the top 15 with picks this past year. But Miller is one of those names who's represented AM so well. And it's not just because of what he's done for the university, for the agriculture business, for what he's done for bringing more students from Colorado into the culture, you know, spreading A&M love across these 50 states, but it's how he's represented himself as a top-tier player from A&M. Keep in mind, when A&M was still in the Big Ten, he was wreaking havoc in the backfields. He was disrupting quarterbacks. He was making players such as Michael Crabtree even fear him as a coverage guy. That's how dominant he was for the Aggies on the defensive line, how big of a role he played as a pass rusher, how big of a role he just was instrumental to the culture of the Aggies. And since then, he's brought that same mentality over to the NFL level. He's still one of the top pass rushers in the NFL. He's one of the more well-rounded defenders in this league. He's also a multiple-time Pro Bowler, multiple-time All-Pro. He's an MVP. He's a Defensive Player of the Year. He's done it all, and he's one of the leaders in sacks among all active players. There's only a few players who are even close to his sack total that are active in the NFL. J.J. Watts, I think the only one that's even kind of close, and I think he's still, if I'm not mistaken, like 12 behind him. That's just how dominant Von Miller is. He's the NFL sack active sack leader going into 2020, and for this... This is slowly starting to become the end, I think. It, it really stings, but when you're 31, 32 years old and you start having injuries, and he has dealt with the injury bug twice already. Last year, he dealt with it a little bit, but this is a big one. You start to wonder, how much more can your body take? And then how much more can your body take after that? Are you going to be a full four, 300, 400 snap player? Are you going to be you know, a situational pass rusher? Are you only coming in on first and third down? Are you only going to be used in these type of sub, sub packages? 
Those are all things that come to mind when you see the age of a player. And unfortunately, it is a sour note for Von Miller and for the Aggies families who are looking to see the former A&M alum suit up this upcoming Monday when the Broncos take on the likes of the Tennessee Titans and Ryan Tannehill. Guys, as you know, this episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. Now, of course, you know Built Bar because we've mentioned it multiple times, but what you may not know is they've rebranded themselves and made themselves even more marketable than what they were before. Not only do they have their 12 original flavors, they've added six brand new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, apple almond crisp. All are delicious. Now, Built Bar are covered in 100% real chocolate. So they're more like a candy bar with that nougat center on the inside because they're super soft and easy to chew, but I actually like them frozen. If you kind of like more of that crunchiness, put them in the freezer for about an hour or so, and they're really good. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy, someone like myself who loves to work out and have something to eat right before it, and they're low calorie, low sugar, high in protein, high in fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. I mean, my favorite flavor right now is the cookies and cream, and here are these facts. They have 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. You're not going to find another product like this that gives you the same results you're looking for on the shelves. Go visit BuiltBar.com and you'll get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last when you use the promo code Locked On. Plus, you'll get $10 off your next order. That's the promo code Locked On when you go visit BuiltBar.com to save $10 off your next purchase. Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, let me get your opinion on something. Do you love quality podcasts surrounding your favorite college sports team? If so, why not listen to a Locked On Podcast? The Locked On Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows, plus every team covered in the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, and highlight information to get you geared up for your upcoming fantasy drafts as they end this week. Go subscribe on Spotify, listen to us on iTunes, and if you can't do any of that, listen live on LockedOnPodcast.com. Now, of course, Texas A&M is going to be trying to contend in the likes of the SEC for the upcoming 2020 season with a 10-game schedule. But while they may not be the favorites to win, there is a player that, according to ESPN's Mark Schlerboth, is expected to break out. Recently, in his predictions column, he decided who was going to play favorites as the top teams in the SEC East and the top teams in the SEC West. Now, Alabama, of course, took home the crown, but A&M did finish second, uh, and they did say that it was because a lot of their top 10 recruiting classes during the past two seasons. Now, all this has been reflected by Schlerboth as he prepares to hand out an award for the best newcomer. And in his mind, it's cornerback Jalen Jones who will be taking home the SEC Defensive Freshman of the Year. Now, Jones has already been named to the College Football America's Yearbook 2020 Preseason Dream Team and has earned a spot on the publication's Class of 2020 Freshman Defense. He's already made his mark in A&M because he came early. He was able to get into spring camp before the whole whole COVID-19 pandemic happened. And he's shown his ability of what it means to be a great cover corner in a Jimbo Fisher-like system. Now, of course, this is a player who has been a massive recruit for Jimbo Fisher as a five-star you know, coming out of Cibola Steel in San Antonio. He declared uh, that he was going to, he came into the Aggies on his junior day back in February of 19. 
He eventually signed with Texas A&M during the early signing period last December, and he ended up as the number 21 overall prospect in the nation according to 24-7 sports composite rankings. During his final season with the Knights at Cibola Steel, he was named a Max Preps All-American and was the defensive MVP of his district. He recorded 34 tackles, four interceptions, two forced fumbles, and a fumble recovery. He was also the team's top wide receiver on the offensive side of the ball. Then over Christmas break, he spent a week in Orlando for the United uh, Under Armour All-American game. He was consistently named the top performer of the week at the safety position, but now they're going to move him to cornerback down in college station. So the biggest thing of all is you look at what Jimbo Fisher likes in his top players on the outside. And if you're under a certain height, which naturally is about the normal status when you look at NFL corners, if you're under six foot one, you're not playing corner on the outside at college station. You're not. And unfortunately, when you look at some of the guys that were brought in this past offseason, uh, the 2020 recruiting class, such as Joshua Moten, and you look at some of the guys who are already there, such as Miles Jones, one coming in at five foot eleven and the other one coming in at six foot four, you know what role you're gonna play. And for AM, especially now with Elijah Blades opting out, this is gonna be a big time moment for the freshman to make an impact. If you've ever watched a snap of his cover skills, in man, he is fantastic. In zone, he is adequate. And he has great physical style of play that is needed in the SEC against larger targets. And when you look at the teams that they're going to be going up against, Alabama, you look at Florida, you look at the likes of even, I would say, Tennessee. They have a lot of big receivers on the outside that know how to win physically. Maybe not with total speed. Maybe they don't have the biggest, you know, Maybe they don't have the, the fastest presence, but they have the physical presence. And you don't want to give that up. And especially when you look at what Jones can bring from a physical standpoint, this is a very big deal for AM. They are going to be able to see what potentially the future could hold for the six foot two cornerback going into his freshman year. Now, this secondary was one of the bigger problems last year in Mike Elko's defense. Naturally, you could say that the front seven, you want to see a more better pass rush, but they were very solid against the run and they were adequate against the pass. You know, they were very much in place. They were consistently making up for it, but the secondary, they had some highlight moments, but that's about it. It was never a consistent driving force that you would see from this unit. So I'm not really sure what you can make of it. But what I can say is if you have a freshman making an impact early, a guy like Jones, a five star, five tool player, great in coverage, willing tackler, great with his hip flexes, is able to generate, you know, a lot of torque when he comes downfield, a quick reactor, isn't afraid to go after the ball in coverage. It shows potential of what your defense could be. And then you have younger guys such as Moten, such as someone like, I would say, Antonio Johnson, uh, such as even I would go, you know, older guys you could throw in, maybe Leon O'Neal, or you could throw in Devin Morris, you could even throw in the likes of Miles Jones. There's names out there that can say, okay, we're seeing what he's doing, now we have to duplicate that. Because if we can match his style of play, this is going to be building for something very successful. In my opinion, the Aggie secondary is going to really make or break most of the season. They're playing against a lot of teams that have lost quarterbacks in the past few. 
You know, you look at what they have when they face off against Lex Tennessee. Uh, we don't really know if Brian Maurer is going to be good. We don't even know if Jaron Garantano is going to be playing. Mac Jones is coming in for really his first full season under center with the Crimson Tide. And he had moments last year, but he also had two safety nets named Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy helping him out. And then you have Florida with Kyle Trask. Yeah, they lost Van Jefferson, who was a really solid player on the outside. But they still have a tight end named Kyle Pitts, who might be the nation's top tight end when this year is all said and done. If the secondary can play very well, I think that AM could be one of the more complete teams in the SEC this year, if not the entire country, because they have the offense to do things. You just need to see them step up with that defensive front. And if they can, they're in a very good spot. So for Jones, this isn't a make or break year at all for him. He could have his rookie moments. He can have his freshman mistakes, give up a big touchdown. It's okay. Accidents happen. But if he can step in immediately and impact that Aggie defense, the way that Jimbo Fisher loves his six foot two press cornerbacks to do it, it's going to be really interesting to see how they build this secondary around him for the future because he will be the commander in chief well after this year. All right. So as we said, every single podcast, we'll be mentioning the top 25 names to watch for this upcoming season. We got two more today. Who are they? I'll give you a hint. They're not Jalen Jones, but they play his position. Don't go anywhere. We'll be breaking down who they are in just a quick moment. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast here on Locked On Podcast Network at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked On Aggies. We're chugging right along with our 25 players in 25 days to get you ready for the 2020 college football season, especially when A&M takes on the likes of the Vanderbilt Commodores right here at Kyle Field come September 26th. That game will kick off at 6.30 and can be watched on the SEC Alternative Channel. Now, again, number 25 was Haynes King from Longview, the freshman quarterback. Number 24 was Devon Anshade from Fort Bend Marshall, the speedy running back, split back, kind of scat back runner you want to see. And now we come in at number 23 and 22. Both of these guys are cornerbacks. Where do they fit? Number 23 is going to be Brian George, the transfer corner from Kansas City Community College. I'm blanking on the name of it, but this is a guy who's going to play very similar to what Elijah Blades did. He's coming in. He has more experience under his belt than a guy like Jalen Jones, but his size alone at six foot two makes him a prototypical cornerback in a Jimbo Fisher system. Good fit for Mike Elko. It's a guy who already has that veteran experience. So when you look at Jones, If there are some struggle moments along the way this year, it's part of transitioning from that high school level on top of transitioning from playing safety at Cibola Steel in San Antonio to now playing cornerback. George is more game day ready, in my personal opinion, to come in and likely be the early counterpart opposite of Miles Jones. They need to have a cornerback, especially in week two against Alabama, that can defend the likes of a Devonta Smith. Again, Miles Jones is going to have his hands full already just defending one of those two targets. The other person has to be able to step up and do the same. And because of George's veteran experience, I believe he's going to be the prime target to get at least first reps in Mike Elko's scheme. Nothing against Jalen Jones. I think that he's going to be very productive this year. And he may even make this list a little later. But right now, 
I think when you look that George has playing experience against collegiate athletes, it gives him an upper hand. How long does he hold that upper hand? That's willing to say, especially because Blades, maybe he comes back next year. Maybe he feels more comfortable going to the NFL draft. So you have George for another year at least, or you're going to have someone having to compete against the likes of Blades and probably Jones at that point when Miles Jones goes to the NFL next season. Number 22, this is going to be a little surprising to some, but I do think it is important because of how the college football is changing, and that is Devin Morris. Devin Morris last year played a lot of nickel cornerback roles. He was the slot guy. He was in there on blitzes. He was there against the run. And perhaps the biggest thing of all, he was very successful in a limited capacity. He only played in seven games. He only made 12 tackles, but he did come up and make three tackles for losses. He also had an interception, and he also had two sacks and a pass deflection. He kind of did a little bit of everything last year. With the game turning to a lot of three receiver sets, with a lot of running backs maybe shifting out and playing as a wide receiver before they get motioned back in, you need a guy who can do a little bit of everything. That's where Morris comes in and plays a bigger role. I really liked what I saw from him in a limited capacity last year, but now entering his junior year, the way the defensive back positions are and the way defensive schemes are running, it's a lot of 4-2-5, a lot of 3-3-5s. You're running a lot with the nickel in there, and nickel defenders are not just an extra defensive back. They have to play just as strong as a safety when it comes to tackling, and they have to be just as fast as a cornerback to win in coverage. This is what Devin Morris is here to do in 2020, especially in that week two game. You know Jalen Waddle is going to want to have Devin Morris' number. But if Morris can limit the receptions that go to the speedster that is supposed to play that middle role and likely is going to be a first-round target, that only boosts A&M's credibility in a secondary that last year was probably undervalued at best. They weren't great, but he was one of those bright spots in limited doses. Entering a full year as a starter in Elko's system, I'm really excited to see what he can do. Again, there are players who are going to matter more, especially another cornerback who you already mentioned. He will be on this list in a few picks down the line. But Morris's ability to play the run, blitz, be effective in pass coverage, it just makes him more valuable as kind of a Swiss Army knife human chess piece. Again, you don't really know what you're going to run. You have Keldrick Carper who can run a lot of three safety sets so he can be taken out. But when he is on the field, expect him to be making plays all over it. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify. And make sure you follow us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Every single day is a Locked on podcast. Every single day, every single day, we're back here with Locked on 12th Man Podcast News tomorrow. If you haven't read CBS Sports' Chip Patterson's thoughts on the seven teams looking to make their first appearance in the college football playoff, guess what? Texas A&M is ranked in them. How likely does their roster compare to other rosters mentioned in the article? We'll be talking about that all day tomorrow. We'll see you then. And remember, hang up me all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.